I'm rather busy. Now he's going to move like right along to McGregor. That's his whole life. You know. So Shapes is, I assume, an extraordinarily important episode in the X-Files canon because we find out about the very X- first X-File, which was started by J. Edgar Hoover himself. I mean, this is a monumental thing. <laughs> I guess if you would like to think so. Oh, God, this episode was crap. I think it's well, fine. It's... You know, there is the first, like, segment of it seems to, like, actually awkwardly but trying to engage with the oppression of Native Americans in this country with the... And yet that it goes off the rails, It, I think it means very well. It's just – this was an awkward episode. I think let's, 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 let's start there. Well, it is an awkward episode. I, I think you can take two parts of it really. The yeah. first part is that the, the mystery supernatural part of this episode, it's a fair to middling episode of yeah. The X-Files. It's a fine concept. It's a werewolf thing. What are you really going to do with a werewolf that no one has done before? So for me, it's kind of like, I mean, Darkness Falls, for example, is while I don't know if it's a better episode of the show than Shapes, I think that the the actual mystery and the monster of the of the episode is much more interesting because it's something I haven't seen before. You know, basically, it's, you know, killer fireflies, whereas this is, again, it's yeah. a werewolf thing. What are you going to do with a werewolf story that no one's done before? And so, I mean, afterwards, I looked it up because I'm like, all right, how badly did they screw up the you know, certain actual folklore here? So, and I mean, there's certain things like apparently Manitou is more a more general term for spirit and it's less, uh, you know, TV cliche. So when you hear, you know, a Native American praying to a great spirit, that Manitou is the word that would be used. Um, also, if you think- so it's like Yahweh? Essentially, but also more in a sense of, you know, believing that there is, you know, something divine in everything, you know, there is, you know, gods of trees or whatever. Uh, Manitou is the term that would be used. So using it to specifically mean an evil werewolf is an odd choice for the episode. Um, There are also – there are legends of, you know, called skinwalkers, which is apparently more of a voluntary curse, you know, turn into – a werewolf. See, where the episode initially seems to be going is that, all right, here we have yet another iteration of, you know, the white man trying to beat back the Indians. And you have this rancher who is in a land squabble. And it it almost seems like, all right, somebody is using some kind of shape-shifting into a werewolf to, you know, stop this. And then you have – so then you have an episode which is about, you know, how do you fight back when you are being oppressed? You know, if there were – in Dakota Access Pipeline, you know, wouldn't it be great if somebody could turn into a werewolf and slaughter all of the, you know, oil companies? But, you know, is that going too far, all of that? But to turn it into then a just a bog standard werewolf legend with some Native American elements grafted off to make it seem exotic, I, I think that's where the episode falls apart. Do a werewolf episode, do a Native American legend episode, but don't smash the two together because then we get something that's very unfocused. I don't know what, you know, this episode starts off being about something and it ends up being not about much at all. Yeah, I, I think that's all right. And what I take away from this episode specifically is because I started out talking with this episode about how. Okay, you're going to do a werewolf episode. Yeah. 
why are you doing a werewolf episode? What is this? Because I feel like the show has actually done a a good job of not doing this so far. We haven't had a vampire episode. We haven't had a... Well, I, I can't think of any other types of monsters, but you know a lot of different mm, types of monsters. A Frankenstein, sure. a Swamp Man. What? What? Uh, yeah, exactly. I mean, we we had a Jersey Devil thing. We sort of had a you know, uh, we, we had a Jersey Devil thing, but that was not a but, standard monster that we've had monster movies told over. A werewolf is sort of a very cliche thing at this point, and it's not really doing anything interesting with it. And again, I think you're right that. Where this could become a good episode is if you, okay, you have this werewolf thing. What are we doing with it? What is the actual story we're talking about? What are the themes? What are the sort of uh, connections to American culture or American society? What are we trying to say here? And I think it's well-meaning. And I think that the plate of the American Indian or I, you know, cause p- part of it is I don't even know what to call them. I've heard different things in from ep- different people. The episode and, itself uses the word Indian, but of course this is 1993. Well, it also uses the term native American yeah. and I have heard different things about native Americans finding that term to be offensive. Native Americans finding that term to not be connected to who they are. They prefer the term Indian. Some don't, some do. I don't know. I guess like any people, there are a lot of different opinions. Well, I think that's right. But but I don't know what the consensus is. You know, I I think that for me, if you look at the consensus surrounding something like the term black versus the term African-American, for instance, the term African-American seems to have sort of gone out of fashion, right? And black lives matter is a perfect example. It's not African-American lives matter because that, that is sort of related to a particular place and time in the ways in which we talked about minority groups in America. You know, we don't call gay people homosexual Americans. We never did. That would be ridiculous. So I I, I don't, that's part of it is, is I always struggle with, I always struggle with television shows primarily made by white people that are dealing, that. that are dealing with Indian slash native American culture because I don't really get a good sense that they're doing this for any particular reason. They're not really treating it as a yeah. real thing. And I, I mean, I'll be very frank. I'm the product of American culture. American culture in general is not very interested in, invested in the actual lived experience of of Indians or Native Americans. Yeah. We don't really get taught anything about them. And maybe that's different if you grow up in in the American West. I mean, I grew up in Delaware, so we didn't have Indian reservations in Delaware. The first time I came out West driving around and encountering Indian reservations mm-hmm. was a mind-blowing thing because, of course, I knew they existed, but yeah, it was just kind of this thing where you're like, oh, they're real. Like, well, Indian I'll, reservations actually exist. Uh, yeah, be, you, I don't... Going from school, you don't have an idea of what one of these places looks like even. You just kind of I, – I, I think from school I had a vague impression of a few teepees and that was about it. You know, you, you imagine it looking like back in the day when – Yeah, and they don't live in teepees. Yeah. I mean that's not a thing that exists anymore or at least not mostly exists. At the same time and especially and a lot growing of- up in the suburbs, you kind of then picture the suburbs as the other option or the city. You know, These, these are kind of your – 
uh, options, and it's no, it's none of those really. Well, I, I mean, the episode uh, does some interesting things. Yeah, with that, though. I mean, the the first time that Mulder and Scully go into that uh, bar or whatever it is, and everyone's looking at them. The only time that I've ever had any experience of of going to an Indian reservation and actually getting out of the car was when I was driving. Um, I think it was with my mother, and I had to use the bathroom, and I. I guess I didn't realize we were in an Indian reservation. I don't know. It, whatever was going on in my head at that point was was whatever, and I didn't really think about it. And I go into this supermarket, and I'm the only white person in there, and everybody's looking at me. And I was like, I'm not asking where the bathroom is. This is extremely uncomfortable. Yeah. And you know, I tell this story not to be like, oh, woe is me as the white person. It's more to say there is an element to this episode which does have an element of truth to it. Well, I th- and that was the part of the episode that I liked. Again, even though Mulder and Scully are looking to get justice to figure out what happened, they are in a place, as several of the characters say, you're all nice and friendly when you want something for us, but... What are you doing about the grants that were owed? What are you doing about this? Your history is – and they – those were – again, that that was the parts of the episode that meant something, that had something. And in a way, Mulder and Scully are the ones who are best equipped to deal with this situation going from that whose side are you on the victims Let, let's not forget the crime they are investigating is the murder of a of a native american guy who and they are trying to find justice from them and if it turns out that one of the ranchers had killed him well certainly i think Mulder and scully would see that justice was served in that case of course it turns out to be a little more complicated than all of that um and yeah the people on the reservation don't don't know that and have frankly no reason to trust them we only i i'm only able to say oh Mulder and scully would do this because this is a couple dozen episodes in right yeah yeah and i and i think that that i think that's right and i also think that part of what is interesting about the episode and, and that works about the episode is that the show is very careful not to treat all of the Indian slash Native American characters as the same person. Yeah, they all have very different outlooks. They have different beliefs. They are they are individual people. Yeah, and that is to the episode's credit because I think a lot of times when television shows deal with yeah. uh, you know Indians, they're just simacrums or fulcrum or whatever you want to say they're just kind of stand-ins for x theme park versions i mean i think about something like journey's end from from the seventh Mm. season of of the next generation for example where that had nothing to do with any sort of real you know indian culture it had nothing to those characters were interchangeable and it was sort of like why are you doing this i or frankly i mean talking about star trek we're working through voyager where chakotay is native american and that's his entire identity it's very again very awkwardly done intended to be well-meaning but it's not hitting uh, hitting a note that doesn't feel quite right yeah because i guess i guess to me what, what it really comes down to is is i i think that there could be a really really interesting television show or series made about a very specific Indian slash Native American reservation yeah. subculture, whatever you know, tribe, whatever you want to call it, um, that really was grounded in the lived experience of that specific place. And yeah. and what happens, of course, is that there are so few Native Americans left in this country, and the the the, the culture and society that that was wiped out by uh, you know by the by Americans, uh, really in a genocide was 
very, very complicated, diffuse. There were many, many different tribes, many, many different nations. They're not all the same thing. It's basically as if it was a stand-in, you know, you, you created a television episode of the X-Files where they go to Europe. Yeah. And people are eating baguettes and walking around talking in German and you know it just there's there's elements to it which which don't make any sense yeah the one in that next generation episode for example you could at least say well these were several people came to this place of course it was a more of a syncretic tradition but that's not the case here I want, I'm thinking about the episode with the uh ersatz Amish people that turned out to be aliens uh what episode was that called Oh, uh, I don't remember the titles for the <laughs> It was X-Files. a couple of weeks ago, but that didn't – it was certainly – I think they did – number one, having them be aliens at the end was the kind of great wacky X-Files thing that I can see myself having to learn to appreciate if I am going to appreciate this show. Um, but also, it didn't say they were on it. Yeah, that's it. They were they, they were similar to and, and certainly – but created as a distinct thing, as a thing on their own, as a – Rather than this group represents all of something. Well, and I think that's right. And you know, I, I I meant to look this up, but but I don't know if Trago was an actual Native American okay. tribe or not. It, it could have been made up for the episode, which I think was probably the right way to go if if, if that's indeed what they yeah. did. And I you know I talk about all of this not because I want to talk about this for twenty five minutes. I we're reaching the limits of our qualifications to talk about this. Well, it's it's more to do with the fact that again I keep going back to what is the purpose yes. of this episode, right? And if you're going to have a werewolf story, fine, as mm-hmm. long as you're going to tell an interesting story that is connected to the culture or society of a place. And I don't feel like this episode has a strong enough understanding yeah. of this place to be able to connect the werewolf with an interesting story that is saying something about this place. Yeah. Again, if you have people who, if the guy who's killed at the beginning, uh, I don't remember his name, but, uh, Joe. Yeah. If, if Joe is able to number one, consciously transform into this wolf and he's able to kill these, I wasn't kidding by the way, his name is Joe. Oh, Joe. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Joe good and snake. That was his good name. and snake. That was the, uh, another good name. Um, if if Joe Gooden Snake is able to consciously transform in and out of werewolf form in order to take his revenge to stop these people from taking their land and all of that, then that's a very specific episode. That is again about the you know it it can that is that line being crossed? Is that is that just of them to kill these ranchers who are frankly going past where they ought to be. You have all these questions that you could be talking about. If he is involuntarily turning into a werewolf, then you have, again, an episode which is about the rage of the oppressed, which is about uh, this thing coming into passionate fire and all of that. You can ask some similar questions, but it just happens to be a werewolf happened and both the Native Americans and and the ranchers are equally scared because it's equally a threat. This is just a bad thing. Well, it's not even equally as equally a threat. It turns out that the werewolf is the white dude. Well, the, the, it, I, it was both of them. Well, both it was of both them. of them. Yeah. Joe, Joe Gooden Snake was a werewolf, and then also this white dude was a werewolf. So yeah. it's like, what is? What are you trying to say? It, yeah, here? It, it's just it just happens to be rather than a story about something. It's just a bunch of thing that happens. Someone happens well, to be bit by a werewolf, and they become a werewolf, and then he bites something else, and it, again, then it just ends. And it's I, I, I guess that's really what it comes down to: is if you are going to set 
an episode, yeah. if you're going to set an episode of the television show, The X Files, mm. in a very yeah. complicated and controversial sociological place, I think you need to have a, a really strong understanding of what exactly is going yeah. on, the history of it, the culture of it, the society of it, the beliefs, all that kind of stuff, how they're intermingling. And also, you need to have something that you're trying to say about it. For example, the the Jersey Devil episode. Yeah. That took place in Atlantic City. Mm-hmm. They weren't trying to really say anything in particular about Atlantic City. There were some minor things about the plight of the homeless in there. Yeah. But you got a sense that the person who wrote that episode at least had some sort of understanding of Atlantic City and New Jersey as a place. Whereas, And it connects it to a slightly larger theme, even if it doesn't do all the work for us. We've left thinking about, oh, gee, the plight of the homeless is bad. At least we've they, learned something. They didn't set Jer- They didn't set the Jersey Devil episode in... Kosovo to to use a 90s place right I mean that would have been a real problem because when you place it in a contentious context you need to be able to engage with that in a real way and I I I find myself very confused about why the episode went to this place it's it's both a very very shallow reading of this place and time and also a very but it wants to be deeper in some respects because it's talking about the white person encroaching on the Indian reservation. It's talking about the, the rage of the native Americans so it's against the federal government. I think, well, I, I think pretentious is probably a good word to describe the X-Files in general, but, <laughs> but this episode is trying to say more than it's capable of saying and in not recognizing the level that, because I think Jersey devil knew how eloquent it was or more accurately was not. Jersey Devil knew it would only be able to say so much about the plight of the homeless, which was its interest. So it made it about something else. Yeah. And it was interesting enough and it wasn't uh, – I think it respected the homeless people who are involved in this episode. This – I mean I wouldn't go so far as to say this episode doesn't, doesn't respect them. But no, I think it's just very confused right. about what exactly it's trying to say and what story it's trying yeah. to tell. I almost wonder if this was one of those episodes that was – filed down by in a production notes kind of a sense i mean does that really happen as much as people complain it does i don't know what you mean you know like maybe it was a much more sharp episode that someone saw the script and they're like well no i think it should be more of a traditional werewolf kind of a thing i mean i think in general the opposite usually happens okay I think that that this episode was probably. I mean, if anything, I think what you see is you see scripts from people that are just complete messes, and this is as much as they can fix yeah. it. And they they need to make twenty four episodes of television, yeah, 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 so yeah. they can't really turn the script down. Hmm. You know, I think that there is an element of that too. Yeah, you know, we can't really. We're I, I'm much more. You know, we haven't talked about well, we talked about United States of Terror, which had shorter seasons, and we still had problems with that. You know, I think that that for television shows that now have you know ten episodes, a yeah, something like that, to have a really weak episode is is a problem because yeah, you are only making ten hours of television. You still yeah, you it, still fuck it up. Like really, it's that few to give you time to polish, and you know you can put more resources in making stronger episodes without padding. Yeah, right. I think that that's primarily what's going on here. You know, the episode again, it's got a very strong. Uh, look to it. It's got the the soundtrack is amazing. I mean, the, it's got all the elements of the X Files. It's just yeah. I, it has nothing to say, and what it 
or where it has too much to say. And I don't know which one it is. Yeah, it couldn't. It didn't pick a. It, it wasn't sure whether to go left or right, so it just fell on its ass. And then it also has the whole thing about the here, here's the elderly Indian yeah. who's going to explain everything to Fox. And you have an Indian name. Oh, you understand better than actual Indians. And it's like, oh, I know, I know. <laughs> And the other thing, too, is this is another episode, again, kind of like uh, Space, for example, Hmm. where Mulder and Scully don't really do anything. They're just sort of wandering around, and they don't solve anything. They're not, you know, the the most agency that they have in the entire episode is Scully trying to get permission to autopsy Joe Gooden's snake's body, and she doesn't even get permission. So they're basically just reacting to things after they happen the entire episode, and that's not very interesting yeah the the again yeah you can see an x-files episode with them as secondary characters uh shadows was a good example of that but they had agency they were doing their investigations even though they were their investigations were a little off to the sideline as far as the plot was going yeah exactly and nobody I, was doing anything in this episode they were just kind they're all just kind of waiting for the werewolf to show up right they're they're waiting for the werewolf to show up so they can kill him and then go ooh, you know and <laughs> i don't know the whole thing is just kind of like whatever and i i'm sounding very down on this episode or you're sounding very down on this episode again we're i all thought, sounding down on it but the, the 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 first half of the episode was a very interesting uh drama with them being in a place where they are naturally not necessarily trusted and one which deals with the very real history of oppression that the native americans have have and do live in this country and the other half was a werewolf drama in an exotic location and uh it was a competent werewolf drama it had its scary moments but the two halves were kind of two different episodes yeah and and also i mean finally maybe before we move on to darkness falls is your point that that we opened the episode with about this being the first x file yeah, like why is this the first X Files? <laughs> it see it's and that that strikes me more as the the meddling of Chris Carter or someone else who who wanted to make this episode more important than it actually is. Yeah, but because again that that's a that's a very big thing. Whatever you choose to make the first act, I didn't realize until this moment that yeah, I was curious where exactly did the X Files start, and it's this. Right, You know, if it were, for example, if the very first X-File were Roswell, because I get the sense Roswell is important to the mythology of the show, something like that, or maybe even everybody knows about Roswell, but the first real X-File was 20 years earlier. You know, something like that, something to deal with the larger plot of the series. The first X-File was the one that was the all of the nations got together and decided to kill this alien, you know, that something, make it something big. The first X-File was related to a shitty late first season episode. Yeah. Okay. Well, you way to blow that wad. <laughs> Let's talk about darkness falls. The very, so here's my controversial fan theory. I'm ready that they all died from the, the bugs in this episode. And the rest of the series is a dying dream. You you could make that argument. Okay. I don't agree with it, but you could make it. No, no. This is an episode that I always really enjoy. Yeah. It's, it's one of my favorites. I couldn't really tell you why. I, I just, can there's I, something about it that is just fun. Can I tell you, I loved this episode till the last five minutes. I think once they, I, I mean, I thought the episode would have ended with the, all right, the environmentalist guy, he saves the day and it turns out he really just meant well and was good the entire time. 
and they all got off and you can still have i mean i well, think he kind of did yeah but then he dies and I, I i thought the part where they all get attacked by the bugs but still somehow miraculously i thought that was a little stupid i i agree with you i i, I think that this is a really strong episode for 40 minutes yes and then they didn't know how to end it i mean i essentially do, yeah what I did like about the ending, and I guess we're skipping to the end on this, um, I really do like that exchange where he's saying, well, the government's going to you know, do their decontamination procedures. They'll take care of this. And Mulder's like, well, what happens if they're not successful? And he just says, that's not an option, Mr. Mulder. I mean, that was a – I think that line was particularly chilling with the context of the other week where Deep Throat is saying that, yes, they they, they have, there is a – procedure on the books that you see a single alien you need we need aliens are enough of an existential threat to humanity that they need to be eradicated the section and here's yet another existential threat to humanity it's this tiny bug it well makes, it's not an existential threat well the the implication at the end it's of, an actual threat uh, does an existential mean a threat to the existence of eh. anyway um, i always take it more of like a you know gestalt sort of okay. ending of the culture or something not really well either way either way these these bugs are these these bugs and these aliens are felt to be enough of a threat that they need to be utterly eradicated and we're not e- we can't even accept the cost of failure again that's a very chilling line about the reach of the government in this show i guess I don't know that I'm that interested in that. I mean, I think like okay. I, it's it's the kind of thing where I mean, I agree with you. I think that that it is, it's a little bit of a. I, I think it's a little bit of a shortcut to make the episode feel more important than it actually yeah. is. I would have been okay with this episode if it was just creepy and they ended yeah. with them getting away. I, yeah, I don't know. That, I don't know that you need the ending of the episode with them in the mysterious decontamination facility that no one knows exists and the guy is creepily saying things about them not being able to kill these things or else the world is going to end i I don't know it just feels like i guess yeah okay but it wants to have its cake and eat it too it wants to see Mulder and scully die because that would be super scary if they couldn't but i mean like the implication through the rest of this episode is that these things are so horrifying that they bite you and within minutes you're gone and oh but they could survive several hours just because it was the in the ending of the episode like that that was well that i think is i yeah. I, I i think that was again well we'll talk about revised scripts doesn't it feel like you had a version of the episode where they got away oh there needs to be something super scary at the end though it's not scary enough okay well what if they get caught by them, but they get a, you know. I, I think that one of the things that the the X-Files, uh, one of the traps of the X-Files that, that it that it falls into a lot of the time is, is this sort of idea that it needs to have a, a an ambiguous yeah. ending that this threat is not a really. A little cliffhanger, yeah. Right. And, you know, I mean, it really didn't work in shapes because, mm. oh, we'll see you again. And I hope I don't see you in eight years. Okay, like whatever, man. Uh, I'm gonna go back to DC now. Please but, don't say that because I have so, sir, because I have so many questions about how this thing actually works, and that just invites them in, and we don't really want to question about what it's doing and be time feedings and all of that anyway. Because to me, it's like I look at this and I say, okay, yeah. this episode wasn't about the government necessarily. This episode no. wasn't about um, the the conspiracy. It wasn't about anything. And you know, I don't think that the government at the end of this episode is wrong to want no. to destroy these things because they are horrible and they will murder everybody yeah. if they get out into the general populace but 
uh, why not just have them get away and have Mulder and Scully yeah, again, having a conversation over a cup of coffee in his office and, you know, six weeks later saying, boy, it's a good thing we got away, right? I mean, I mean, I, hell, even give, you know, deep throat a two-second two, two payday where he gets to say that and exchange, like, yeah. and, and, and again, if you want to connect it to the larger plot, like, sure, that that's a perfect way of doing that. Yeah, because what does that what does that even have a connection yeah. to the main? I mean, it does it really have a connection to the main plot? I mean, the main plot so far seems to be about aliens. Yeah, again, it's all, it's metaphorical at that, but it doesn't. And it also seems to have weird weird questions about the efficacy of the government or the morality of the government. Yeah. It's like, okay, well, I can agree that the government shouldn't be murdering sapient aliens, but no. I don't necessarily want the government to not contain contagions i you know i I just i don't know and and i guess part of it is the implicate is the question of how exactly is it going to do that does it need to just completely clear cut the forest and he mentions controlled burns or something like that like is if, if the only way to destroy this thing turns out to be to completely trash the forest and make it unlivable for everything assault the earth you know but and I get you know they're trying to do something about yeah. the futility of the eco terrorists. Yeah, uh, you know. And yet, if the they'd actually follow the laws, this thing would have never you know gotten out because you know it, old trees never fall down from lightning storms. But the government is both the uh, protector and, and the destroyer. Uh, oh my God! It's like uh, they're, they're, this is bringing me very uh, insights into Hindu mysticism. But we'll leave those for another day. And the other problem I have with the end of the episode, of course, is um, why didn't the headlights of the Jeep stop? Uh, why like, don't they have a flashlight? Did no one have, like, like did they're no one going to candles? an ex- Yeah, they're going into an expedition in the woods. Like, all right, let's say the eco terrorist trashed all the flashlights in the house, but they don't have. A, they didn't bring a lantern with them on this expedition. Like, none of this. Yeah. yeah. Or they keep saying, you know, it's more than a day's hike to get out. Uh, okay well that seems weird but okay but like, like would, how far would, are the bugs gonna get in a day well it wouldn't take more than a day to hike for a four-hour draw I, I don't know I, the whole thing just seems yeah. very weird to me but that's it, it this is an episode that is falling apart as you're looking at it but i mean it's reminding me of ice in a lot of ways and that it's a very self-contained episode there is a threat that they don't really understand that they're all under siege for and they're kind of trapped in one location um I mean, I saw a very subtle callback at one point when he says, oh, well, I gave the car to, you know, eco-terrorist guy and Scully, and he starts to argue. He says, well, we're wasting time arguing. I mean, that reminded me very much of ICE is partially based on the two of them are fighting over this stressful situation yeah. and realize it was just their own own feelings bubbling together and that that was a bad thing. And, okay, we this is not going to help us. They know how to calm each other down very quickly in order to figure out the problem and fix it yeah i agree with that i mean i think one of the nice things about the first season of the x-files in general is the show has done yeah. a really deft job of slowly establishing that Mulder and scully yeah. are both learning to work with each other over the course of the season yeah. and trusting each other and not having a particular difficult time of that learning either. Again, it, it, it re- they, we've really only seen that one gigantic fight in ice, and then since then they've 
calm down and we're on the same side. We don't you know, arguing is stupid. It doesn't really help us at all. Yeah, it doesn't help them. And then also it's just sort of, you know, it, 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 it's a different kind of thing because it does show a progression in their character, right? Yeah. Like in Ice, they were arguing because, well, A, they were both just really freaked out and stressed out. But yeah. in this episode, they've learned to deal with that a little better. Yeah. Okay, I think that's They're, a fine... Ice was neither the ice and darkness falls are neither the first nor the last times they're going to be stuck in a location with something very dangerous trying to kill them. Yeah. And, you know, I also think this conversation is making me realize something else about shapes, too, is that part of the reason why the X-Files work so well when it works really well is that it does a good job of establishing very, very memorable and strong supporting Mm. characters that are only going to appear in this episode. but. You know, for example, Ace had really memorable supporting characters. Yeah. This episode does. Shapes did it? No, not really. And space is an, a, and, a reason space failed was because right. I think that's another reason. And so, in this, Shadows Lauren Kite was a great character. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you get you get a really good combination of oh, here's the you know do gooder Forest Service guy who still respects the law and doesn't want to become an eco terrorist but sympathizes with them yeah. versus the evil head of the logging company versus the eco-terrorist who has a bad mustache and you know it's yeah it's i don't know it it works really well you've got these archetypes but the show does a lot of interesting work with archetypes in general it uses its archetypes as well again we're only going to see this character for this one episode and so it uses this shorthand to form the initial impressions of the character it it uses the archetype for the, its positive qualities rather than being lazy and assuming that will be all of the characterization yeah because i i, I think it's it's Mulder and scully i mean in this episode and also in shapes i think to some degree and this is something that the show has dealt with to some degree before is is Mulder and scully as representatives of the federal government yeah. you know they are fbi agents and so i i like when characters react to that Mm. in different ways and have different points of view about them as FBI agents. Because, of course, you know, we are going to respond well to and give the benefit of the doubt to Mulder and Scully because we know them and they are the main characters of a television show that we are watching and enjoying. But the old Native American guy in Shapes, for example, is going to have a very different reaction to them than, say... The forest ranger in this episode yeah. who called them in. And so it's, it, you know, and the eco terrorist as well, I think, in this episode doesn't really react to the fact that they're FBI agents at all, probably because the FBI doesn't necessarily investigate this yeah. sort of thing. And frankly, at the point that we meet him, he is fairly traumatized by everything he's gone through, too. So he's not going to. I, I, I think getting arrested for eco terrorism is the least of his worries in this episode. Like, fine, all right, at least I'll be in a place where bugs aren't. Yeah, yeah, I think so. And minor criticism of this episode, but I, I, I think we would be remiss if we didn't talk about. Uh, I think some of the mischaracterization of Scully in this episode. I, I, I always have a little bit of a problem with her being really grossed out by the finding the 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 corpse in the the cocoon for example i mean on the one i did note that too on the one hand it is a much more exotic corpse than she is used to seeing and it's not like she you know goes over to the side and pukes or can't do the autopsy she's disturbed by it because it is a disturbing thing but that that said that i 
think it makes more s- – at this point, 17 episodes in, she's seen a lot of exotic corpses. This isn't the worst. but Right, and so that's part of it. And then also I feel like her reaction to – you know that 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 last night that they have in the cabin when they're all very worried about the the generator dying and the light going out and they're not yeah. able to sleep. I mean that's all very well done and that's a yeah. good setup for drama because sleep deprived people are going to act in erratic ways. I I think the episode was you know when when she freaks out and she starts flailing around and stuff and saying oh they're on me they're on me yeah, you know, yeah. It, it's a little bit too. Uh, it's a little bit too over the line for me. I, I don't buy that Scully would act like that, even if I she was could, really, really tired. Frankly, by Mulder doing that, I mean, this is a man who was paralyzed by a fear of fire a couple episodes ago. I can... Yeah, just it feels like the sh- it feels like what, whoever wrote this episode is falling into a little bit of a sexist trap with him, yeah. with an hysterical woman reacting to bugs. I mean, it makes... It's it's in more interesting to think of Mulder as the character who was paralyzed by phobias from time to time, even yeah. as he has... I mean, he he is a character who has his his quest, his obsession with the truth has led him to some horrifying places. There is something almost Lovecraftian about that, that the more he learns, the more horrifying things he learns about and the more affected by it he gets. But yeah, I don't I th- think that's going to be what they do with him. Well, well, no, but, but I, I think you're right, though, and I, I wonder about the show's commitment to – keeping Scully as a non-stereotypical female character. I I think the show has done a pretty good job of it, but there have been elements to it which are a little little problematic or or upsetting. At the same time, you know, she's been fine so far. Let her have a fear of bugs. It's possible that she just does have a fear of bugs, which is why she is so grossed out by this corpse, which is why she is... She's been fine with, you know... She's held her own with the other things. If she has this week, this particular blind spot, it's not the worst. I guess it just feels a little bit stereotypical. Yeah, no, it, it, it does. There are more interesting phobias they could give her, but... Yeah, and I don't even really know that it's a phobia. I mean, the episode doesn't really go anywhere towards saying, "Oh, I'm I'm really sorry, but yeah. I have a phobia of bugs or something." I mean, and maybe that would have been a more you know a, a different underpinning to that. That would have added a, ratcheted up the tension a little more. Yeah, I I think it would have, and I I think that. Yeah, instead of making it, well, all women are scared of bugs, kind of a thing. It's gross, you know. Scully is somebody who is particularly. has problems with them for whatever reason and so this episode hits her pretty hard especially since i don't think the show ever goes down that road again yeah so Hmm. there's that too i mean you would think from this episode that maybe scully would have a phobia of bugs but i don't think she does actually no i know she doesn't okay so because of her ant farm um I'll I'll, I'll uh, just wait. People that have seen the show before probably know what I'm thinking about, but there's a very um, it's a, a very well known and classic X Files scene with featuring Scully and a bug. So I'll just leave it there. Okay. We'll we'll find out. Well, about allow that. her to find have... out about that in a couple of seasons. Well, maybe season one Scully has a bug phobia, but she gets over it by that point. Well, that's true. The entire second season um, is a. Does she have sex with a bug? <laughs> No. no. Oh, okay. No. That's really where I and I didn't know if how it would be. I didn't know if it would be like I'm picturing a gigantic bug that like I love the metamorphosis that she falls. No, well, like it could have happened. It's the point not is, like that episode from the first season of Bucky the Vampire Slayer. No, oh my God. no, no, it's not. No. All right. Well, the other thing that I 
I'm never sure if it's really a if it's really a criticism of the episode or if it just bothers me is okay so the head of the logging company is just Mm. a huge asshole and okay that's a character choice it's a strong character choice it because one of the things again that the x-files has to do when it wants to construct secondary characters that are memorable or interesting is is there are types and they just have these personality traits and they mostly only have those personality traits uh, I guess it's sort of like a Smurfs situation or yeah. something. Um, and, and I think the characters that are more memorable, the actors are transcending the role, I would say. Like, yeah. I mean, they're adding something to it. Yeah. I mean, I don't think that any of the guest actors in this episode are particularly transcending their roles. I no. think they're doing a fine job. You know, I just, I don't know. You know, he wanders off and he's really upset and the ego terrorist says, oh, just let him go because he's not really helping us at all. Yeah. I I just I always get a kind of a, a strange feeling of I wish someone would have just told him to shut up. Yeah, because a lot of the times Mulder and Scully don't really yeah. seem like FBI agents. Hmm. Yeah, no, they're just kind of uh, guides on camping. You know, they they don't really use the authority that they may have. Although, certainly, I I don't think of them. I I think they are the people who would prefer to do this the easy way than the hard way. Certainly. Well, I certainly think that that Mulder's prevailing interest here is not dealing with this guy. It's discovering the mystery yeah. of of what's going on in this episode. Yeah, but they, they don't really have a you. You would think that as FBI agents, protecting civilians would be a fairly high priority. Especially again, a couple of weeks ago, hostage situation. You can't shoot somebody because the book says to protect the civilians. Again, you would you would think that in this case. The safety of the eco-terrorist and the logging company owner and to a secondary degree the ranger just because he is more able to take care of himself in that situation. Um, and what happened to the poor ranger? I got the sense I, I got the sense he was bitten but still lied. Didn't they show him in the quarantine? No, I don't think so. Uh, well, who knows? That, that's a mystery that they just leave at the end. It's like, oh, man. Well, no, because Mulder is dying and that's really just his him going into heaven, which is why it's all white. And so because he really doesn't – because the, the ranger doesn't exist in Mulder's heaven, only Scully does. That's why. I think you just broke my brain. That's great. Yeah, and I mean, again, the end of the episode, since we're talking about it again, is – the last thing I'll say about it is partially why I'm not super invested in that is because the show does that kind of thing much better later. Yeah. So there's that's part okay. of it too, I think. But yeah. overall, no. But it, but but a, uh, I watched. You know, this is an episode I watched Friday night, and it was a very scary episode that made me itch. So for that level, it I liked it. Yeah, and it, I I think you know the I I always like to watch the X Files in the dark. Yeah, and uh, sometimes I don't succeed. But well, this one, you have to turn the lights on so the bugs don't get you. Oh God! <laughs> but it's good. I mean, I don't know. I guess. Uh, that makes me think that the show is at least starting to work on you a little bit. Oh like, yeah, when it's good, it's very good. Because I, I don't know. I mean, there's this whole thing about uh, generations of of British kids growing up watching Doctor Who behind the sofa with their hands over their eyes, and I think similar yeah. things are true for the X Files. Yeah. I mean, part of the reason why I like the X Files because I grew up with it and I watched it when it was on. Yeah, but it was very much a it's nine o'clock on Friday night and. 
here's we're gonna see something creepy no like i I, this is a show that i have friends who are just like yeah i was i was too young for the show when it was out but you know i watched it when i was supposed to be in bed kind of thing yeah yeah yeah. i think it works really well i mean i don't know that it's the kind of show that i mean it might be the first show that we've ever done where i would recommend to you to only watch it at night (laughs) might work better i don't know because like i watched ice in the morning and that I, I think but ice, you don't know if it would have worked even better at, in, in when it was dark out. I'm coming around to thinking ice maybe one ice and shadows are probably my two favorite episodes so far. I think shadows is I liked that one a lot. Okay, Lauren Kite and the ghost. Yeah, it's a good episode. Yeah, I I, I, just, I, I thought that office scene with the it, it it was a cool looking episode. I don't know. It's an interesting choice. Yeah. I mean, I. I I, I think it's great if you are reacting to that episode really strongly. Thank I think you. it's a good episode. Thank you. You're welcome. What a great day. <laughs> All right. Well, I think that's it for this episode of Tuning In. If you have any thoughts on either of the episodes of The X-Files we just talked about, please leave a comment on the post for this episode of the podcast at tuninginshow.com. You can check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash truckaboutshow, which also supports our other podcast, Truckabout. This week, we released the first season finale episode of Trek About, talking about Jatrell and Learning Curve. Social media, we're on at Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Tuning In Show is our username in all those places. And as always, please leave us an iTunes review for tuning in. It makes us feel great. Next week, we've only got two podcasts left in the first season of The X-Files. I'm looking forward to the second season. Yeah, I, 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 I with well, most well, shows, especially one that lasts this long, I can see the first season being the warm up season. We'll probably talk a little bit at the end of the the season ending podcast about how the first season went. Okay, I think that in general, the first season tends to be a little bit more um, rough. No, not rough. I would I would say that it's it's very uh, samey in the way it tells its mm, story. Okay. And that, that tonally, I think it's very, very consistent. And that may not be the, one of the X-Files strengths. Yeah. Because I know some episodes that I've seen later were very different in tone. Again, I've only seen ones here and there. but Yeah, yeah. Well, we're going to be talking about... <laughs> Are you ready? Is it the Chupacabra episode? Nope. It's called Tombs, as in... Eugene Toomes, your favorite character. Oh, well, at least they get him over with now. Who's coming back? Yes, he was so fascinated. We had to see him again. And born again. Mac, why do you...